welcome to show them the door we're back better than ever for some post spring break action yes yeah action um so yeah welcome to show them the door the only podcast where chris after every episode would say why did you say show them the door podcast you complained that i said the word podcast in our podcast i feel it's necessary i mean i don't know i feel like it's very clear we're a podcast. I feel like you just welcome to show them the door. You know, I feel like our audience knows who we are. I said welcome to show them the door podcast. I feel like it's more of a vlog now that most of our viewership is on YouTube. <laughs> we're, we're vlogging. Welcome to show them the door vlog. I feel like to vlog, we'd have to be like walking through an area though. Like it'd be like, oh yeah, is guys. Is a necessity? I feel like, I mean, vi it it's, it's video blogging. Like what's going on? So I think with that being said, I don't think this can be considered a vlog, rather a, um, maybe closer to a video essay. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be graded. Like ML Sandoz is, is going to be like, oh, uh, he stuttered 10 points off. Yeah. It's going to be like, man, you yawned eight times. All over again. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's in there grading in the background, like, mm, ten, minus 10, yawned. Mm, <laughs> she's going to be like, are you tired? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's been a long day. And she's going to be like, well, don't yawn on the pod. <laughs> um, we love constructive criticism. No, but yeah, but she's entirely right. Um, but with that being said, we're excited to be back. So true. Um, I know that we missed you guys last week when we were on spring break, and there has been a significant amount of stuff that has happened. Yes, yeah, stuff. Um, stuff that includes the men's SEC tournament run. Yes. So today we have, um, we'll, we'll just categorize things. We're going to start with baseball. Ball. In baseball, we have the hawaii games and and in the hawaii we went to hawaii we had a four game series versus hawaii spoiler alert we won all four games um and then we came back next week and we uh we beat up on wagner um and then we had a midweek game versus michigan and we'll also briefly preview uh missouri games yep and then um, after that, we will get into some men's basketball that we alluded to, the SEC tournament, the outcome of that, and the NIT birth and win. So we've got some, we got some big stuff within yeah. sports. Uh, the women play again tonight, so we're not going to talk about any games as there haven't been any since then. But we will preview tonight's game, yeah. which will be happening like the same time that we that this, this episode is posted. Up. If you're watching this, they've probably already played by now. If you're so, reading this, it's too late. By yeah. Drake. True. Um, um, yeah, so... Starting with baseball. Do you, yeah. want me, do you want me to go through baseball? Yeah, Did you watch any of the games? No. Okay, so apparently I'm the baseball man now. Willem's moving to basketball. Um, I'm, I've am i been basketball. You've been women's I'm, basketball. I'm a woman. Um, that explains a lot. That explains many things. But many um, starting with baseball, so we went to Hawaii, and we've um, been kind of messing with our pitching rotation. You know, we've had McIlvain starting every messing single Messing as in tweaking, not messing as in like, oh, we've thrown it off. Messing in a positive connotation. It, we've, I'll just use the word tweaking. From yep, there you go. We've like been tweaking pitching. our starting pitching. Um, Friday, it's always been kind of cemented as Chris McIlvain, who's actually pitched really well for us. Um, and I have no complaints with him even a little bit. And then we have um, Carter Holton starting on Saturdays at this point, who is a freshman lefty phenom. Man, he's that guy. Crazy. He's that guy. He'll strike out like the first seven batters. Um, he, in the last two starts he's had, he hasn't allowed a hit until the sixth inning that he's pitched. Yeah. Man's crazy. He's that guy. I, 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 maybe this is a little, um, it's a little uh, early, but I feel like on Saturday, when Carter Holton pitches versus Missouri, it will be a no hitter. I kind of believe it. Whole game no hitter, or like? Um, I think it will at least be seven innings, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the whole game. I don't know if we keep him in the whole in it, the whole game, even if he had a no. That's what I'm saying. You have a no hitter through seven. A bit of me says. Pitch the whole game just to see yeah, if you can do it. But I don't want to. But it's like I, I don't want to ruin his arm early. That's it. Like exactly. we we did that with Jack a little bit last year. Where um, granted Jack was extremely more, uh, well, first of all, a much higher touted prospect, and two he had was more experienced in general. Yeah. But um, I think Carter Holton legitimately is a really really good 
pitcher in the SEC. Yeah. Um, is he more speed control? Describe his game. Carter Holton is everything. He is Jack Leiter too, in my opinion. Only he's a lefty, which is arguably, arguably more Arguably better, yeah. But, okay, let me rephrase. Jack, what made Jack great is he had five pitches he could control, and his fastball was like 102 whenever it was like really on. Carter Holton will not have that velocity. No. He will have like a 95 mile per hour fastball, but man's slider is crazy. It will be the most out of the zone. If I'm a right hand batter, it looks to me like it is the most outside at your forehead pitch. And then it will just drop right perfectly in the middle of the zone. It is a beautiful pitch and he'll do it until he proves that you'll swing at it because he just locks up batters so often. And it, it takes people through the third time of the batting order to even remotely feel like they're comfortable swinging the bat. Yeah. Um, he's He mixes his pitches really well, and part of that can be uh, attributed to Scott Brown, who's our pitching coach. Oh, he's that guy. Um, I love Scott Brown. He, you know, we're using our watches this year, and so signals are really, really confidential, and we've... I will say Scott Brown has really? done a really great job. Have you not known that? No. So we don't have, the catcher will never say a single sign this year. It's all done through electronic watches. That's incredible. That's the next step in baseball, man. Yeah. Some people don't like it. They're like, it's not baseball. And it's I'm kind like, of not, but it's the next step uh, in baseball. I don't think it's a big deal. It's not traditional baseball, but it's I don't, still the sport of baseball and it's a newer addition to it. I don't really I'm see a problem. I'm all for progression in, in, in uh, baseball. I do not see an issue with it. Even no, neither do I. Um, I think it's some people are like they should be like they were like saying we should be punished even though it's entirely legal by the NCAA. The Astros punching air right now. Yeah, the Astros are like, well, no, because the thing is, is it's just made so that we can make sure our signs are good. It's it's just to show that nobody can steal our signs. Like even if you have somebody standing on second, exactly, nobody the nobody Astros, can steal. Yeah. The Astros punching air. They're like, oh, how are we gonna win? But also, what I really like about Carter Holton. Man is fast. Man, you know, we have a 20 second, like it's like a shot clock. You have to have 20 seconds between uh, when you get the ball back to when you make a move, whether that's throw it to first base or pitch the ball or yeah. something like that. And I will say Carter Holton gets the ball and as soon as the batter is ready, he's pitching. He, it is not, he's up there playing mind games. He will pitch three pitches in 30 seconds. Jeez. Like it <laughs> is, that guy. he's just fast. He's not trying to give you any time to time him up or think about what just happened. He gets it's, on the mound. It's, he gets up. on the mound. He's like, all right, up here. Bang, 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 bang. And the thing is, is he'll have like 12 pitch innings and you'll be like, oh, he must have gotten helped out by a ground ball. And no, he's just thrown three people, three straight pitches of strikes and thrown a one ball in there to see if anybody would chase. Like, and it's like an intentional ball. You know, some people... Have, control. Yeah, control. Yeah, some people have a lack of control early in the games, not Carter Holton. I could talk about Carter Holton forever. Jeez. The He's thing, simply that guy. He is simply that guy. So where I have some worry is our Sunday pitching. Um, because we started off with Nick Maldonado actually being our Saturday pitcher, and then he got moved to our Sunday pitcher. Um, and then he had... He actually had an okay game versus Hawaii. In fairness, but he—it's not—it's not Maldonado. It's—it's it's not like and when Maldo was a reliever last year, he was the second, third—he was the third best reliever in all of baseball. Yeah, under behind Kevin Copps, who was just going crazy last year, and Landon Sims from Mississippi State. Um, which are two amazing pitchers, by yeah. the way. Like I'm not trying to disrespect Maldo by any stretch, um, but. Maldo as a starting pitcher has not been great. He's been very mediocre. And I think that we have pitching that could do his job arguably better. That if Maldo was still this amazing closer, would would overall improve our team. Yeah, one of the issues, one of the big differences, this is one of my little bits of baseball knowledge because I've played enough of MLB the show that they've said this. One of the big differences between starting pitchers and relieving pitchers is momentum. Mm -hmm. Relieving pitchers and what Maldo is incredible at is riding positive momentum they have or just getting rid of any negative momentum going against you. Because he'll go up there and if they're on a roll and he's in now, he'll just keep on going. 
but he can't start from the beginning and then create yeah, the start to a game like I, that. I've heard that as well from Maldo. I think it's also because Maldo, when he was a reliever, had about three good pitches. Oh, you need a bigger bag than that to start. And he's tried to expand his bag. And it's, what I think he it, tried to throw in? He's tried to throw in. Um, so Maldo's best pitch is his cutter. Um, Maldo, when he was a reliever, had a slider, a cutter, and a fastball. And yeah. I think he's trying to add like a curve and a changeup or something like that. Those are tough. Those are tough. And I, I just think it's overall hurting his game. Yeah. And I understand why he's doing it. It gets him a better market for the MLB draft. But I also think he's kind of tanking his value by not being a good starting pitcher. Yeah, that's it. Um, and actually, during this Wagner series um, on Sunday, we had Hunter Owen starting on Sunday. Maldo didn't pitch the entire weekend. That's crazy. Not even close? No. Wow. I think they gave him the week off trying to get his head right. That and, does make sense. And I, like, we did that with Jack last year. Yeah. We, we, we gave Jack a week off whenever he was going through it. But granted, that was midseason. That's also um, Jack Lighter. Right? Yeah, it's also <laughs> Jack Lighter, the number two pick in the MLB draft. But, um, you know, I think that... If Maldo gets his head right and he can like work on those pitches and actually do well, I think that he could be a starting pitcher, and I was excited for him to be. But I'm also not mad if we leave it up to Hunter Owen or even Devin Fatrell yep. to pitch on Sundays. Like We have a lot of pitching. We, we almost have a problem by having too many pitchers that could start. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, McIlvain, Carter, Holton, Locked, right? I think that I would put Devin Fatrell on Sundays. I like. I think Hunter Owens good, but I think Devin Fatrell is better. Yeah, he is normally our midweek starter right now, and he had a great midweek game versus Michigan. Yep. Um, I would not be mad with him on Sundays, um, and then having like Christian Little be a midweek. Even I, I think Christian Little could start on Sundays theoretically. The thing is with Christian Little is his stuff is so dirty that nobody swings in anything, and then he pitches a lot of intentional balls that he thinks people he'll get swing and miss on. That's, leg- that's, that's that's what yeah. I've identified as his problem. He's too good at getting it out of the zone, so they know better. Yeah. It's and like, not in a way where it's like like um, Carter Holton, where it's like, that's... Out, and then it goes yeah, back in. mind-bending into the zone. No. This is the opposite. It's like, that looks like it's in the zone, but knowing this guy, it's going to go out, don't swing. Yeah, I think that if he established his fastball early, I would, I would expect him to have better innings. And he's had more success this year. But um, I think that we're set up really well for series like regionals and um, and Omaha because we have so many pitchers that could just give you like three, four great innings. Like other, like we have the two great starters, and then we have a couple relievers to get through Friday and Saturday. But then if you look at the other games that we'd have to play, we have Hunter Owen who gives you four. We have Christian Little who gives you three. We have Devin Fatrell who gives you four. And that's not even talking about Jack Anderson, who's been amazing as a reliever. Yeah. Thomas Schultz, who's been really good. Um, you know, we, we've had so many guys. Like, Donye Evans put up a couple good innings the other Donye. day. Donye. Um, it, we have a wealth. We, where, where last year we didn't have a great bullpen, and we had great pitching in Kumar and Jack. It's we the have, exact we have, But, I, I mean... I, well... I mean, I would put Carter Holton... I hope by I think by the end of the season Carter Holton will be doing exactly what Jack Leiter did all last season on Saturday. Good lord. I'm not joking. I think good Carter lord. Holton is legitimately that good. I think if if I I think looking at our pitchers right now, I would put Carter Holton on Friday cuz he's just that guy. To put it this way, to show the greatness. Would you rather have last year's pitching or this year's pitching? Last year's. Last year's? Because of you, the pure strength in, you, the, in the you, starting two. You can't replace Kumar and Jack. But the fact that we lost Kumar and Jack and still have, in my opinion, one of the top pitching in crews the in nation. the nation with a lot of potential going forward. Yep. Like, I mean, we're going to have Carter Holton for the next two years. Yeah, he's, he's, this year. <laughs> like, he's, he's locked in until his junior year because yep. of how baseball works. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have him. He will be an absolute star first-round pick, assuming he doesn't get hurt. Inshallah. Inshallah. Um... Devin Fatrell will be a, uh, a weekend starter next year, if not this year. Yeah, and so and he's got another year after that, I think. Yeah, he's like, um, I'm not worried about our pitching moving forward. 
I the thing is, is with the theor like with the offense that we have this year, and the people that we could theoretically lose this year, which is I guess just Dom and Spencer. Is Spencer draft eligible? I think. Yeah. Other than those two, and, oh, and we'd lose Javi. I think. Oh yeah. Well, so, no, I don't think we will because nobody's gonna take Javi because he's too small. I love Javi. Um, Oof. and. Well, and we'll, we'll lose Tate, too. That, those the are thing some, is, we, those we, some keys. But we have guys like Gavin Casas. Yeah, who is a good first baseman. We have guys like Diaz. We have guys like... Davis Diaz is legitimately so good. Yeah. I think Davis Diaz is one of the top five players on our team that aren't pitchers. Like, right. I, I, It's hard to judge pitchers against everybody else. It, yeah. But I think looking at our uh, fielding, our number one player is obviously Enrique. Yeah. I might put Davis at two. Really? I, I legitimately think Davis Diaz. I mean, he's batting like 500. Like, yeah. it, it's not his first two games anymore. Like, he's who batting is, who over is the 400. the guy who's just a defensive specialist? You're talking about Jonathan Vestine? Yep, that's him. Vestine. Vestine hasn't got, played in a while. We have youth on our team. Thinking next oh, yeah. year. Next year. Next Vestine's year. Vestine's going to be solid. Costas oh. is going to get even more solid next year our projected starters are obviously enrique in center i hope javi in left and then somebody in right uh maybe troy no i'm thinking uh 11 brother plays for the guardians i got a picture with him oh tj mckenzie's gonna transfer really there's no way he won't like it would be his first year starting next year. Yeah, he's I would gonna be a junior. I I, yeah, I would not be surprised. I'm surprised he didn't transfer this year. Yeah, um, no. because he didn't see the field at all. <laughs> yeah, and he's good. He is very good. Uh, it's he's just, just not that guy. No, we have so many better it's, it's, that guy. That is it's so hard to be yeah. like, wow. This is the. It's like the one sport that we can be like, man, we have a wealth of talent everywhere. Yeah, TJ McKenzie put him on half the teams in the league. He's going to do really, really well. Yeah. On our team, he's not going to see like, the field. For instance, Maxwell Romero, who was our backup catcher last yeah. year, he's doing really well at Miami. Yeah. Like he's, he's just, he's hitting really well. Yep. He's slugging insanely well. He's a slug. Um, he is a slug. He's like a snail with but a shell. Anyway, we beat all of Hawaii. We had a kind of rough game on uh, Sunday, our fourth game. And then uh, we... Uh, Spencer Jones hit a two-run homer, and we beat them 2-1. to one. Yep. But other than that, we beat them like 10-2. to two. Spencer like, Jones, the Shomdor alumnus. <laughs> alumnus. Um, I don't know the correct iteration it's of alumnus. Really? I'm not joking. Alumnus? That's, that's a singular alumni. Um, the more you know. You know, and then we, we beat up on Wagner a Wagner. bunch. Uh, and then Michigan was the best game of the ones. We had Devin Futrell pitching. He had a great first four innings. Mm -hmm. um, and then Christian Little, I think, came in, and he had an okay couple innings. And then Nelson Berkwich, who I even forgot about in our wealth of pitchers, who Nelson Berkwich can get you, like, three good innings. Nelson. Maybe not three. Maybe, like, two and a half. Two and two thirds, if you will. Um, I don't know. Nelson Burke, which can get you some innings. Can get you some good. Get you some. He can fill some innings. He's productive. Um, yeah, he's insanely productive. I think that there was a, we we ended up we were down four to two going into the ninth inning, and then we had um, we had runners at the corners with two outs, and Tate Colwick hit a triple. And it got it to be a, a four to four game, and then we won in a very similar way to the Stanford game, where they threw a wild pitch and we uh, won the game. It was a great, oh, uh, it was a great environment. And if we were not at the uh, NIT game, I'm certain we would have been there yeah, watching. Yeah, it would have been incredible. Um, but we will be at at least two of the three Missouri games this weekend. Yeah, when's the one on Sunday? One. So we can go to a little bit of that before the yeah o'clock game. Like maybe like fifteen minutes. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. It's a game time. Decision. Yeah, we'll definitely be going to the game on Friday though. So yes. tomorrow we will be at the Missouri game watching Chris McIlvain pitch, and then Back. depending on what happens Saturday, I'd also like to go to that game because I want to see Carter Holton pitch because he's so <laughs> good. Yeah, I think we'll definitely be able to go to at least some of the Saturday games. Yeah, what are you doing Saturday? We'll talk about it after. Okay. Um, but 
yeah, I think that's pretty much all of baseball. Oh, uh, oh uh, one more thing in baseball is we have oh, been in the in the midweek game. Javier didn't start. I saw that. Um, I think it's just getting people experience in midweek games because we want to have a, a wealth of talent if anybody happens to go down. But I I haven't seen where Javi got hurt. No. So I I don't think he did. I can't imagine. But um, he basically he came in and pinch hit. Yeah. And so I like. I don't know. I, I just, I don't I, it's like. Just, it's just like a divvying up experience. Yeah, but the thing is with Javi, like he's been hitting really well. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to take him off his hot streak going into SEC play. Yeah, it'd suck. And so, I'd rather Spencer sit probably. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want any of on that game. I don't That's want the any issue. of them It's a struggle with these big I'm teams. I'm okay with none of them sitting. Yeah, literally. Like, but I, I want to have these guys out on the field. Like, what he, he did he sit for Gavin? No, he sat for Matthew Polk. Matthew? Yeah. He said okay. I mean, he's our he's our backup uh, center outfield. Who's our backup center fielder? Uh, what's his name? Levin. Oh, no, Diaz is not our backup no. center fielder. Oh, uh, kid, you think he's gonna transfer? And TJ is not our backup TJ. center fielder either. I'm almost certain. He is. No, he's not. I've watched all the games. That's true. It's uh, he's our backup right fielder. Really? Uh, it's oh gosh. And it's not Gavin. No, it's. I don't remember. We'll talk about it next episode. But that's um, pretty much all of baseball. Missouri, I think Missouri is a kind of dreadful team. Um, that's not true, <laughs> but they're not great. I think we'll easily sweep them this weekend. I think our first two games will be pretty simple. And then hopefully the last game is good. Um, it really depends. Um, Willem is going to walk up to the camera for a second. We don't mean to have this slight break, but if we did, it's going to be mad awkward. It's recording. Okay. So we just got a text. We look from, like amateurs, man. We just got a text from our, our technical producer. Nobody's going to make Amateur hour to one. Nobody's going to... People don't get this far very often in our videos. But... Um, we just got a text from our technical producer saying, hey, I don't know if I hit the record button. I can't believe So, um, we, we are now officially, we've been officially recording, thank God. Or else we would have had to uh, restart this. Mashallah. But with that being said, I think that's all of baseball. So, Willem's going to tell you about basketball. Um, okay, yeah. So, basketball... Uh, we left off just before the SEC the dawn of the SEC tournament. Yes. Set the scene. Set it the is, scene. Uh, February. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> but it's... Um, is it February at that point? I don't know. Do you think I know months? Um, so it was the SEC tournament, right? Yeah. We ended up uh, not winning quite enough to get the, the single bye. Um, so we had to play the very first game. Against Which Georgia. It was against Georgia, and uh, that was one heck of a game. We beat the heck out of them. Georgia's not great, and we got anything we wanted to go. We did whatever we wanted to, offensively, defensively. They just sucked. <laughs> we really killed them. Georgia's had like one of their worst seasons ever. Yeah. They just fired their coach. They fired their coach before the game. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, like they they were not playing for anything. Nope, they were sitting down. Which Except is for Aaron Cook. Which is which is why I like uh, Iowa State over uh, LSU in the March Madness. Yep, because they don't have a coach. They have nothing to play for. Um, so fun. we killed them. So we're riding that hot hand, a little bit of momentum, and then we play Alabama, who I think is the most beatable team in college basketball. <laughs> in, in in same hand though, they can beat anyone. Yeah. I think there's not a team Alabama can't beat. There's not a team Alabama can't lose to. Yep. Right. So, interesting come bracket time, which is already too late. But if you may, we should have a bracket challenge next year. That's showing the, the door. Sh bracket the show in the door bracket challenge. Yes. If you would do that, you have to pick Vandy to win. Yeah. No. <laughs> Vandy's no. gonna be a tournament. There's team gonna next be year. an award, and the award is going to be you get a picture with Chris and I, and a solid high five. What if we win? <laughs> that we have to each other. Okay. Um, <laughs> we picked the closest winner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Alabama. Coming into the game, I can't quite remember the beginning early. Cause it was we were great. down. We were down 15 at the half. Yeah, we were just losing early. We were just getting, we were, we were kind of getting killed. Uh, they we're had some the good play by uh, Quinn early. Javon. Oh, yeah. 
he's really good. Javon Quinterly uh, is that. They guy. had a really good play from this kid off the bench. I can't remember his name. What did he look like? Uh, long hair, dyed blonde. He's a guard. He's like maybe six two. I don't know. Drives a lot. Um, but this kid came off the bench for them, and he's killing us. We're down fifteen. The commentators are like. You know, last Man, year, sucks. no, they're like last year, Javon Quinterly won SEC tournament um, MVP, MOP, um, most outstanding player of the tournament off the bench. This guy could do it too. And it looks like he will the way he's playing tonight. And I'm like, geez, the commentator's already throwing in the towel for us. And then we start <laughs> winning. We start really getting back second half. Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright's that guy. Oh my gosh. Scotty didn't have a good game. Here's the issue. Scotty Pippen Jr. is our focal point. He's our point of attack, and he is really the only bit of recognizable big talent that we have um, for, you know, our whole team. Um, and so that guy was on the ground. Did you see that? No. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, so Scotty Pippen, like, yeah, sure, we've been saying go to him all season, but he's started really been on being on a cold streak. And he shot, I think, 5 of 17 that game. He shot poorly. He had like 23 points, but they were all from uh, He had 27 points. Because he shot 27 free throws and made 20 <laughs> of them. He made 20 free throws that game. It was the crazy. It's like James Harden. I, can't, I couldn't believe his play, right? Yeah. So thanks to his 27 points, along with Jordan, Miles shooting incredibly. Miles was that guy right now. Simply, yes. Um... Tyron came in and put in some quality minutes, Tyron which I didn't expect long. of him. I'm not going to lie, because he got out of the rotation for so long. Um, now it's just over. Um, so it was just a good second half for us. Like, objectively, we just played really well. Yeah. Sure, Scotty missed a bunch of shots, but he shot a bunch of free throws and did really well. And we won. And we won. We beat Alabama. And that's a big deal. Alabama beat Gonzaga, the number one team. Meaning Vanderbilt is better than by Gonzaga. By the transitive property, Alabama loses to, or no, Gonzaga loses to Alabama. Alabama loses to Vanderbilt. Thus, Vanderbilt is better Vanderbilt. than Gonzaga, who is the top seed and is playing literally right in front of us. I'm watching the game right now. I'm yeah, sorry. He's distracted. I'm a big fan. Um, so, um, great game. Great game. Great game. It yeah. was so good. It was so good. It was was nice. that the game where I called you at halftime? And I was like, this is insane. We were talking for a lot of the game. We were, I don't know, because we were either texting or calling for a majority of the game. Yeah, it was the first half we texted a lot, called the halftime. Um, halftime, yeah, I was like, we're not getting any calls. This is insane. Oh, it was, if you if you were at the there were two. Vanderbilt LSU game, right? Um, you saw for a good four minutes there. The absolute horrifying performance of us and terrible, terrible officiating for a couple minutes. Um, it was it was terrible. The, the entire first half of the Alabama game rivaled that. I've never seen in my entire life of watching college basketball, especially Gonzaga, because <laughs> they don't get calls. I've never seen in my life the sheer whistle bias that Alabama got that game. It was it was appalling. I was actually disappointed in the game of basketball. <laughs> I legitimately was. I'm like, I, I don't like, I don't like the sport anymore because it ruins it. You know what I mean? It's I so dis it's disheartening, is what it is. And I'm like, this just sucks. Apparently, um, Jerry Stackhouse said something really good at halftime, made some wonderful adjustments, and we won. Stacky J. Stacky J. He, um, so I think that was the big thing where he proved himself with second half adjustments because he's that guy. Yeah. Nate Oates tried to do his little thing. Nate Oates is a pretty good coach, but he's not. He just really got out coached, outplayed, outperformed, and we took care of business. <laughs> Outmaneuvered, out uh, outsmarted. Mm -hmm. um, care to assist here, Chris? No, I'm okay. Okay, but so, um, it was incredible. And then we move on, right? Oh. Ooh. Who next? I'm still mad Who at next? this game. Who's next? Who do we have next, right? The How about one of the of biggest Kentucky. teams in college basketball? The University of Kentucky. Whom I have a lot of friends that like them. Um, friends that like them. We're enemies. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, that Kentucky got that double buy, so they were waiting for us. 
we're going into the Kentucky game, and I'm thinking we're the, one of the hottest teams in college basketball. Like, that's, that's the truth. The, I can't think of many teams that went on a run that we did. Mm-hmm. We took care of business at Georgia. That's a confidence boost. And we, it Beat was like a 25-point swing Alabama. against Alabama, yeah. who's a great team. Yeah, we missed Who's either going to win the tournament the or lose first round? No in between. Um, so we're hot. Kentucky, I think, is beatable. Um, you know, they lost games to uh, Tennessee. Oh, yeah, um, a terrible team. Well, I don't, uh, I don't know. They, they've <laughs> lost games in ways where it's like, wow, Tennessee really took care of business. Vanderbilt, with the hot hand, and we have a chance. Um, you know, I wasn't too confident, really. No, we get into I, the game. I'm thinking this might be a grueling loss, and my whole family is watching. T- we're we're all in the living room watching TV, watching this game, and I'm like, they're all gonna watch my school get slaughtered. This is not gonna be good against the school that I considered going to. <laughs> um. So we start the game, and we're winning. Yeah, we're winning. It was like six to seven, nine to eight, twelve to ten. We're, we're keeping winning. up. I'm like. Not only are we keeping up, we're winning. Yeah, we're like on the... We're on the the upper part of keeping up. They're keeping up with us is the thing. I've never seen that in Vanderbilt basketball, right? No. So I was beside myself, okay? Yeah. So I was was driving and you're like, oh, we're winning. Can you believe it? (laughs) I don't... I can't think of any better way to describe this to you... Than through the messages with me. I considered posting these on Instagram. You did? Um, Yeah. So... He also called me like four times. Yeah, well, I only called you twice. Um, so, is this before or after? Yeah, it was okay. So, um, these are just some things from within the what's it called game. Um, Shane Dizoni did really well. Shane Dizoni is a good. Shane Dizoni is an extraordinary. We're putting it in right now. Rodney Chapman. Is incredible. I said, you said Rod. I said Rodney, Rodney, Rodney. You said Rodney Elizabeth Chapman. I said Rodney Bartholomew Abadeus Emily Chapman. Rodney Windy Morning Dew Chapman. Um, yeah, we just played really well. Um, so, where is it? We texted a lot this day. Okay, so I said, Are you watching the game? We're winning. Dude. No longer winning. Ah, uh, Chris, it's very close. You'd better be dying or something if you're missing this. You said, Willem, I hear you. I was driving. I said, no excuse. Did you see the commercial for huge goldfish? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how the, that's how our that's how conversations, conversations go 99% of the time. <laughs> legitimately, I'm like, are you seeing this? And then I'm goldfish. Like, yeah. But okay, so, so I have two major points to make here. One of them I'm going to make very quickly right now. Have you seen the, the big goldfish? Do you guys at home, you guys watching at home, if you did not see the commercial, look it up right now. It's goldfish, but they're massive. And it's revolutionary. I talked to my dad about this at halftime. Because we were like, it's exactly what snacks need right now. Like, it's... like More snacks? Yeah, it's just bigger. Cheez-Its doing the same thing. Did you see that commercial? Yes. They're just big Cheez-Its. Yeah. It's genius. Because what do I like more than goldfish? Bigger goldfish. So many more goldfish. And I can eat so much more goldfish per... Per goldfish. Goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> right? The, the in, insane amount of um, goldfish per goldfish. Oh my gosh. It's uh, positively nutty. Right? So that's one point. If you haven't seen it, look it up. I'm going to try to get some eventually. Um, the second major point is the roller coaster that we went on that game. Because we were winning and it was good. And then it wasn't. And... It, it wasn't kind even of our fell fault. out, and we kept it kind of close to the half, I want to say. Well, we only lost by three points. Yeah, it was close to the half, and the second half is when things started hitting the fan. Where we got robbed in ways. That we I've got robbed. Yeah, I've never felt so personally attacked by referees. They're like, there was this an, one right there is oh, for no, the two no. ugly dudes that do show them the door. We lost, we lost by six, actually. And yeah. Either if you, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain a really a sequence that I I, I don't think I can. So do it, please. Okay, so picture this. Imagine if you will. We airball a shot because we're terrible, and there's two seconds left on the shot clock. But we get the offensive board, throw it to Rodney, and Rodney pump fakes. Maybe there was like four seconds because he has enough time to pump fake. 
he pump fakes, the guy jumps, and he does like the James Harden thing that like I don't love in basketball, but is a rule where you jump into the guy uh -huh. and then shoot to get three free throws. Yep. And they don't call a foul, which is like bad enough as it is. But then the shot clock runs out, the, the refs whistle. And even... Even through this whistle. Through this whistle, Kentucky goes on a fast break and scores. And even if the shot clock thing didn't run out and they got the ball, if you whistle, the rule is they the just get the, yeah, the play's dead, they get the ball. So they score there. That's three free throws we could have made from an 80% free throw shooter that is Rodney Chapman. That's a five point swing. And because Stackhouse was arguing, like, why did he not get a foul call on Rodney Chapman? Because it was the most obvious call there's ever been the breath backpedaled into him and then they teed up Stackhouse for running making contact with the ref they made one of those shots which is already the six point swing that we needed to win the game to at least tie the game that is the sequence that i have never been more mad at the game of basketball at yeah so, oh god so, so to reiterate to just let it sink in one more time, right? He goes up. He pump fakes. He's in the air. Come, Chris, get in the air to me. And I'm, oh, and I try to get it, right? One, it was a they didn't call shot. the foul. Here's error number one. Error count, Chris. One, no foul for Rodney Chapman. Error count two. They said that he, um, didn't make any con. Well, that's not an error. He, the Kentucky player didn't make any contact. Thus, at the end of the shot clock, the shot clock should, the have, shot gone clock off. should have gone off. That's not an error. That the shot clock error. did go off. Oh, you're right. However, they whistled. Not an error. They played through the whistle. Is that error three? That's error two, right? Because okay. so far, it's good till now, you know? Yeah, they played through the whistle. They played through the whistle. Um, they take the ball. No one stops them. Error three. Referees don't stop him. He goes up. They get it to go. That's not an error, but it's caused by errors before. That's caused by errors. Jerry two Stackhouse, and three. rightfully so, is not happy. Is so he is on the sideline like this, arguing to the ref. The ref backs into him. Stack gets automatically teed up for contact with the referee. That's error. That's four. four. They then miss a free throw, make it. So four errors cause the six point swing at least in a 15 second span in a 15 second span in a six point game i'm not and then i'm not joe lenardi or gene serador no 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 there's a guy in the nba the uh, rules analyst his name is like gene something well, they call him all the time but that's and it's like well, let's see gene with the uh i only, know, his... I only know gene steratore who's the rules guy from the nfl i need to look up gene. okay <laughs> while you're doing that there's one other sequence that oh it was made right after this no it wasn't oh really i i don't know what one you're talking about i'm talking about the out of bounds um so then at the yeah, end that of was like, it that, that's it yeah that it was that happened with like right. seven minutes left in the game which like it, it it made me mad, but I'm like, I. It's the uh, same guy. Oh really? He does NFL and March Madness. That's so funny. That's crazy. Man knows everything about every sport. <laughs> he just um, is the official. But um, so there's like 30 seconds left in the game. And it's real close. And we are down, like four, right? I don't yeah. know. We're down to a point where like we can. We're still very much in the game. Yep. And somebody shoots the ball. I think it was uh, the really small baby-looking point guard on Kentucky. Who am I, who am I thinking of? Um, the guy who looks like... Oh, wait. Severe, is it Severe Wheeler? Severe Wheeler, I think. Who is the guy that looks like Severe Wheeler on Auburn? You mean that little, little kid? They're both really small with the big chubby face. Yeah, I don't remember his name. But which one is Severe Wheeler and which Severe one is Wheeler's the other Kentucky. one? Okay, Severe Wheeler shot the ball. Completely airballed the ball. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it bounces out of bounds, and uh, the other top end, not OB, but Jacob? Yep. Jacob Toppin goes to get the ball to throw it back inbounds to try to save the it's play. And he is very clearly stepping on the line. Like, he's not even stepping on the line. He's entirely out of bounds, throwing the ball in. And then it's off of uh, Q, who then runs for the ball 
and tries to get it before like re-save it and then uh, he does it right and then they're like oh we're gonna review the play and everybody sees this still frame of jacob toppin standing entirely out of bounds throwing the ball in and they we don't get the call yeah one thing that i really disliked this uh the way that you know this played out is the referees because or not the referees the commentators mm -hmm. because they give no credit to vanderbilt and they only talk oh, about no. kentucky yeah it was like a two-point game and we're coming back and then kentucky makes a shot and they're like and it looks like kentucky is on the edge of making this one a blowout and i'm like it's a four-point game what are you talking about yeah it's just and they just say stupid things and Besides all that, even though they're so heavily biased towards Kentucky, they stop the still frame. Jacob Toppin's left foot is out of bounds. His left hand is on the ball. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, and Vanderbilt uh, got a great defensive play there. They'll get the ball back with a chance to win this game. And I'm like, Easy. that's leaps and bounds better than this whole game's commentating. Yeah. And then they were shocked. They were shocked. You could tell they were really surprised. They didn't even know that Kentucky had the ball until they gave the Kentucky player the ball out, out of bounds to throw in. They were like, oh, and it looks like actually they gave it to Kentucky. Because here's a rule that Chris and I talked about like right after the game. Um, the rule is in college basketball and the NBA, if the referees stop play to look at an action they cannot look at anything else in the entire sequence of the play. So they stopped play to review the action of Quentin Melora Brown throwing the ball back in bounds. They were gonna see was his foot on the line when he threw it in bounds. What they found in that sequence was Jacob Toppin firmly out of bounds. The referee saw it. I know the referee saw it. They showed that the referee saw it. Um, referees see it legally in the game of basketball. You cannot talk about that because you're only reviewing quentin doesn't matter what happened the entire play entire game you're just reviewing that you can't talk about this um and it's i think one of the greatest issues in the sport of basketball it's the same thing that happened um in the final four auburn versus uh yeah we talked about that. um I don't, I don't know it's a uh, virginia wow. virginia double dribbled um, and they found it while they were looking to see if Kyle Guy got fouled. Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy. Um, and Kyle Guy did get fouled, but they're like, oh, but there was a double dribble before that, but we can't legally call that. I, I remember back in 2017, Golden State and Cleveland played, and Golden State ended up winning the game. It was pretty narrow. And then after the game, the NBA released a statement that they found 26 missed calls in that game. They rewatched the game, and there were 26 mistakes referees made. And they can't say anything about that. There's no retribution. There's no regulatory body that re that goes on referees. Yeah. Referees are... They're allowed large, to be they're, bad. They're largely uh, un unmanaged. Un what am I trying to think of? They have Under no power above them. They do whatever they want. They're unregulated. It, this year, we've seen a lot in the NBA. NBA referees giving out technicals. Far, far, far uh, more liberally than regular years. Joe Few is entering the game. I'm going to cry. Um, so, and that's just, you know, referees in the past two years, especially since um, the bubble in the NBA, since COVID has started, referees have been uh, exponentially abysmal. Yeah, declining in their. Um, the thing is, is what they referees do. are not a full-time job, yeah. which they should be. They should make referees a full-time job. Yeah. Whether it, is, yeah. whether it is working together to enhance the regulatory bodies of, like, the regulations of the game in terms of how they're going to enforce... They, they, they need to have rule-making sessions mm -hmm. where this is the stated rule, here's how we're going to enforce it. 
it, it, they do that sometimes every couple years. They call it, one meeting to talk about one rule that they've seen as being rampant. They did that with charging fouls a couple years ago. Okay, but they, they, I'm just saying refs need to not be like rental refs. It doesn't yeah. need to be for a season. Do you know what they call that within uh, research, like experimenters? That's called inter-rater bias. I learned about this because I'm IRB certified. I am um, also IRB certified. Um, so... Uh, welcome to Show Them the Door, the only um, podcast where we're both international review board certified. Yes. Um, so that's cool. But um, inter-rater bias is where it varies from uh, the person that scores it to the person that scores it. Yeah. So if we have you know a subset of like six referees that are going to not get that call as opposed to like the rest of the hundred, that's an issue. Yeah. And it's... It's the the thing is it's not six getting it wrong to a hundred getting it right, it's the vast majority of referees doing a terrible job. They um, they actually rate. There's a Ken Palm type thing for referees, and they all suck. Like there are very few that have good ratings. Yeah, it's just who's the best. Who's the best of the terrible guys? Like, okay, so like for instance, this is an NFL thing, right? Mm -hmm. But the, each NFL crew is known for calling specific penalties. Yeah. And teams will literally coach, hey, you know, you, you got to be careful on this penalty where you can be a little bit more liberal with this different crew. Yeah, that's based. Just, well, it's yeah. just, and it's like, it's part of the game and it shouldn't be because they're just supposed to enforce the rules. But Yeah, it's not enforce your section of the rules. Yeah. It's, it's as if you go to court, right? Yeah. And the judge is like, well... I mean, and sure, the ticket said you were going 55, please stop, but please if you're stop. speeding, like, at all, I'm giving you, like, the heaviest of penalties. The thing is, is missed calls are part of the game, and I don't want, like, computer systems that will get every single call right. That's a part of basketball is getting calls wrong, but there's a line. There's a line between that's a part of competition, that's a part humans aren't perfect, and I believe that humans I think will never I, achieve I think perfection. That's, I think that's part of sports. That's a part of sports. That's a part of life. But when you have things like in the Super Bowl when Jalen Ramsey got his face mask tugged and then they got a, the Bengals got a free touchdown, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, potentially... a game-changing yeah. play. Like, it, there are game-changing plays that need to be right. And there were at least two of those in the Kentucky game. I could name a lot more if I went and looked back at the tape. But it was just a horrible showing from referees. I, I we were upset. One hundred percent believe that Vanderbilt deserved to be the Kentucky Wildcats of that game. One hundred percent. The sole it was the sole contribution of the referees to give Kentucky the win. And, and if I was in charge of Vanderbilt athletics, I would put out a statement with that in it because the referees need to be held accountable, and, and they aren't. No one. Scotty said a had thing. a terrible game too. Yeah, Scotty went two of fifteen, and has so like that just makes yeah. sense. But Jordan, Jordan's going crazy. Jordan Wright has been insane the past few games. Jordan Wright's nuts. He's going on a tear. I'm afraid of him. But so he's on a rampage. We thought we he might be. be a, we thought we might be a bubble team after that. Yeah. Um, if, especially if we beat Kentucky, I thought we would have been closer to the bubble. Oh yeah. I, th I I still feel like we deserve to be in the tournament, but the committee disagreed with us. And if Chris and I had votes, we, we would have voted us in. Yes. However, we, we haven't we gotten haven't, our votes yet. They, they, we've we sent speaking, them a letter. We've been speaking to different committees. We got right. a lot of phone calls. You yeah. know, Mr. Basketball himself. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Ball. <laughs> Mr. NCAA. First name Basket. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ball, can I call you Basket? Um, but He said no. However, they did, um, we kind of met in the middle, and we, we secured Vanderbilt an NIT bid. <laughs> we sat down at the table with Mr. Basket. And we were like, and we're like, us on the one seat. And they're like, ah, best we can do is an NIT four. And we're and like, we're we'll like, take it. <laughs> will we take that? And he's like, well, <laughs> we're like, like Shark Tank. We're like, we're, we go we're, before the committee. Only if we Kevin O'Leary's like, only I'm out. <laughs> and then we're like, how about an NIT bid? And he's like, only if I get a, uh, what did he say? Uh, only if I get a 10% stake. In the 10%. Um, no, but it was like, no, Kevin uh, always wants the royalties. Well, only hey, if I get a royalty. I haven't watched Shark Tank in forever. Shark Tank's a good show. Okay, but it's like, we, endorse we were like, oh, we get an NIT four, the, we can get an NIT one seat. And they're like, the best thing we can do is a four seat. I said, make it in the Dayton area. Yep, so we play at Memorial. And they're like, done. Like, and so, um, because so the art of the deal. Yeah, was something that I have perfected. <laughs> thanks to the amazing book I read. <laughs> by the same title <laughs> that was certainly written by the person <laughs> who wrote Paige it. Paige Turner. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> so um <laughs> i apologize folks um but uh oh this God. is the content you subscribe for are and we, if you don't like this how political are we <laughs> we're not gonna get political in this podcast christopher um <laughs> tiktok is so funny <laughs> I'm no, so glad no, you. I'm gonna, okay. give, I'm gonna give a brief description of the TikTok. So last night, Chris and I found this TikTok. It more like Willem found the TikTok and showed me, but it was like it's like a Muppet Donald Trump, and they're talking about some India uh, crisis about like it's, a certain it's area. It's the this mountain in the Himalayas with a bunch of I assume oil or gold or something. And they were and he was like, "Dumb it down for me," and the guy was like imagine there's a really big hamburger and he goes how big <laughs> they're like 50 like 50 square miles no, Fifty thousand square miles and he goes jesus christ <laughs> it was so good it was just great um with that being said we played belmont in the nit we hosted and we hosted a tournament game which is one of the greatest things Vanderbilt has done in like 10 years. Right. So it was against our crosstown rival Belmont. So, you know, they had to travel a long we ways to, to get down to our stadium. a large 0.3 miles. They had to just cross 21st and they're here. Do we just get the same notification? Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, 1% of brackets are, are perfect. Dumb. 1%. It's, and it's, it's not me. us. And it's it's neither of us. We're fools. Um, so we hosted Belmont and my father and my little brothers came because my dad's birthday is on sunday so my mom's like oh it'll be cool if they come see this game because now they're is this, is this pertinent yes <laughs> I, I bring my family to this game we start by losing and we're down 24 to 12 against belmont and i'm like, like well you come to me the day that I bring my parents, <laughs> and you lose twenty four to twelve, I'm gonna make him an offer that he can't refuse. <laughs> so I made him an offer that he can't refuse. Right. And I said, Jerry, if you don't win this game, <laughs> we, we talked to Mr. Basketball. We, we went to basketball again. <laughs> so we 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 went on a big run after that, thanks to uh, my dad went from a casual viewer to like bent over looking like this, and Your I feel like, like that's what changed the game. Yeah. He got my dad got into the zone of watching basketball. Your dad's like the average white dad. He's like, ah, he's like, ah, he and then raises like, his hands, complains yeah. about the call, ah. and he's like over the seat. And I feel like that kind of fanship is what we need. We need more fans like my dad because it's it's what it's what basketball is all about. It's what basketball is all about. Well, it's, yeah. white, it's white dads watching the game. Yeah. Um. And specifically so, white. Yes. But um, <laughs> white dads react to the game of basketball like no one else. Yeah, that's true. White um, dads would be on the court. I felt like a white father watching the Kentucky game, Alabama game actually, because I would go like this and I like do this, and I threw my hat on the ground during the game, and oh I was like, God. "That's the whitest thing I've ever done." Um, we're now getting racial. We've we <laughs> first went political. We're now <laughs> racial. entering race race debates. Um, um, but we beat Belmont. We won. We went on a big run. Uh, we ended up winning by what? Nine, ten? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, it was a great game. That's what uh, it was twelve. Yeah. yeah I thought it was 84-72. You're right. Correct. One point to Chris. For those of you playing along at home, mark your scorecards. Um, so, I take one dub today. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, um, um, it was pretty darn good. And uh, so we secured... Uh, a second game and the At second home. game is was either against dayton or, or whoever a, a dayton bad played. team it whoever was, dayton played it was I like southeast missouri state it was against A&M. your mom it was against your mom um <laughs> is the not your mom home school of utah <laughs> um yeah literally so um if dayton lost we would have had higher seeds so we would have played it at home Dayton, however, won. But so we still play it at home. Dayton hosts the NCAA March Madness tournament every yep. single year. I don't know why, but they do it every year. And so they have to come here. Yeah. So we got a second home game in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So this Sunday at 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Yep. We're playing Dayton, who is a marginally okay team. I think we have more talent, but you know how Vanderbilt goes. Um, we... It's a whiteout game, so we're white. Um, it is? Yeah. It is. I saw that, actually. Yep. Yep. Um, please come to this game. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's but, going um, to be such a big game. Leave some seats in the, in the home side. Yeah, for us. Because my mom's coming to this game. My dad's coming to this game. 
um, Anthony and Luke are coming to this game, so we got a whole, we have the whole, the whole crew. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a going to be a great game, and I'm excited. And I, if we have our official predictions right now, what do you say? Of course, I'm going to take Vandy. What's the score? Oh, um, I don't know anything about Dayton. So I'm going to say if we win, it's going to be about 77 to 68. 77 68. Chris. Okay. My official score prediction for the Dayton-Vanderbilt game this Saturday. Sunday. 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 Is, um, is, um, I'm thinking. Yeah, you sure I'm going to say it's going to be 70. The <laughs> price is right, means 76. 76, 69. No, no, no. Um, I'm actually going to say 72 to um, 68. So I'm going to go, I'm going to meet you at 68. Okay. I assume we're going to win by a, a smaller margin. Um, so those are our official predictions. I'll ask other people. Maybe I'll make a poll. Maybe I'll ask people. Maybe you'll ask Miles. <laughs> hey, yo, Miles. I'm gonna try Are to. Y'all winning this week? <laughs> I've run into so many athletes recently. Yeah. Because I text Anthony every time I run into one. I'm like, oh, I passed this guy, and Anthony's like, really? And it like blows his mind. It's really cool. Um, because I saw Liam, who's been playing really well. We saw Jack Lighter at one point, and I was so shocked because I was like, I know that sharp jawline anywhere. You're like that yeah. looks like every other white guy guy. I know. I know. Are you kidding me? Jack is gorgeous. He looks like most of the white dudes, though. But his jawline is sharp. That's very true. <laughs> Do you remember when you were at so the true. game last year? And I was like, that's Jack in the white pullover. And you were like, no, that's like, not. How do you know? And you're like, look and at his jaw. And I'm like, good grief he is. <laughs> and then he took it off. And then it was him. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know Jack by his jawline. How big? Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. That's um, all the games that we've had. False. Yeah, it is all the games we've had. But tonight... At like seven, Magic like we head. said, by the time that we've, by the time you're listening, in it's probably going to be two open. hours. In an hour and uh, eight minutes. Eight minutes. The women, women's basketball team also secured your birth into the women's NIT, which is super cool. Um, who do they play? They play Murray State. Play Murray. 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 Do you know how many friends I have that go to Murray? Three. Two. Mm. It used to be three, but Callie transferred to Eastern Kentucky. I don't know why. Um, she was also in Nashville last week and didn't tell me because she's a fake. The one fan. that came that one time? No, that's uh, Carla. Okay. Callie. Um, just didn't tell me. So Callie, if you're watching, you're a fake friend, but you're real for watching my podcast. Um, so, you know, um, we're playing Murray. I don't think Murray is good. Yeah. I don't watch women's but basketball we're not an though. Exceptional team. So it'll be, a, it'll be a good game. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get some cheese minutes. Cheese um, minutes. We have some quality minutes from <laughs> patent pending cheese minutes. <laughs> cheese minutes. Anyway, hello U.S. trademark company. Um, we're we're going to take home two NIT championships. Here, here are going to be the keys to the game: Ayanna Moore and Jordan Cambridge. I think Brene Alexander. I put Sasha. That's true. Sasha was at the uh, what's it called game? She yeah, twenty four K golden. She said, "Anchor down," and that yeah, was yeah, it. That and was I it. was like, "Enough said." She's spitting. She's yeah. just like me, for real. Um, so, I think my keys to the game will be Ayanna Moore in 20-plus points and Jordan Cambridge with double-digit assists and two steals. Two? Two. I'm going to put it at four. Really? Uh, I'm just, this is predictions. I think she's going to have five or six. Really? Yeah. Jordan any, Cambridge is just that. Any input on any now. other particular player? Jordan um, Cambridge is incredible. Yeah. We're going to try to get her on the podcast. She's our number one target right now. Yeah. Well... In terms of in terms of the free agent market, yeah, and we'll see. Not the point. We'll see. Well, do we have anything else to talk about? <laughs> um, you know, happy, uh, happy St. Patrick, Patrick's Day. Happy annual Gonzaga One Day. If you for those who celebrate Gonzaga One again in the March Madness tournament. So for those of you who celebrate, I, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, one of the best performances in the tourney ever, Anthony says. 32 points, 13 rebounds. Two well, we're not like we're going on a Gonzaga podcast. We aren't, but if we were, we would get Drew. And, True. And Chet, and we'd look small. But, um, what are you doing? So we, uh, I've been looking at our metrics a lot recently, and you guys really prefer when we have athletes on here. 
Which, you know, I'm not going to take that personally saying you don't like me. I mean, like, um, Willem's cried for about a few days, but we get it. Yeah, I've worked that out with my therapist, and we're past <laughs> that. Um, so, um, we're going to be trying we're to get going, We have a list. I think I have four people in mind. I have three. Three, three. I know of three people. Though. Yeah, I think we got a list of three that we're going to really talk to heavily. Um, and then after the. I kind of want to get Jonathan Bastien on. Because I feel like he wouldn't be a hard time. Um, I have a friend who's in a class with him. So Ooh. we could work on that. Ethan Lilly. Try to get it. I, I would love... We'll I, I would see, just, we'll I just would DM him. Like, that too. Like, I think that, you know, he's not... Like, he's not starting He's not right a now. high... He's not a high radar guy. But I like him. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be great. He's one of the best defensive players we have. Yeah. He's made incredible plays. Plays that make me cry. Yeah. I've sobbed. Um, but, uh... Also, happy birthday to Ryan Perkins... Um, do you have anything else to say? No. I, yeah. This is a little bit of a sloppier episode. We've been it's away our for first a week long back. time. We have a lot to talk so about. So we had a lot to say, and I hope you enjoy it. Because yeah. do you really come here for great sports content? No. Yes. You come here for straight facts and Chris and I. True. And more so me than Chris, because I'm the main it's like draw. It's like a 70-30, but that's okay. It's a 70-30 yeah. split. The, the re- all all uh, major publications have me winning in the polls. But I do have the 30% of both of our sets of parents. What do you mean by that? Like they, 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 like my they parents su- watch for you. Yeah, my parents don't watch is the issue. But um, if they do, but if they, they do, watch it's for, for me, they do. It's it's true. I it's yeah. Anyway, um, um, I was gonna make a joke. But this I, is I'm tired. Yeah, this has been a fun week. You know, we'll have another week, maybe a more regular episode, depending on if we can get an athlete or not next week. Um, we'll give you guys updates on the Instagram, of course. Um, though that being said, uh, this has been show them the door. It has truly, even if it's been a little bit messy and we'll see. I think that's in true show them the door fashion. I think that is in true show them the door fashion. Yeah. Anchor down, anchor um, down to the games. I'll go to all the games. All of them, please. And we will see you all next week. We love you.